This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we're going to do all things Rock and Jim and Lapidary newscast. Some of the subjects we're going to cover is Iowa's rarest stone. We're going to look at the Vug News. They've got an article there that they quote about the Queen Conch Pearls. Very interesting and beautiful. Uh, we'll look at Rock and Jim and see what the updates there are. Also found some information on some jade mining that is very interesting. Also, a lost continent has been found. And also, we have an article on Arctic gold mining. Very interesting. And to the grand finale, um, if it comes up in that order, is we have found a solution for climate change. So um, that is very interesting, and it's all because of rocks. So let's get right into it, guys. First of all, I just want to let you know that... Um, before we get into these subjects, we have a Facebook group uh, that is booming. I think about 700 members. It is a private group, but you are welcome to um, join. And um, also, we have our podcast, which you're aware of if you're listening to this. We have a blog and we have YouTube videos. So, why do we have all this? It's all about all things rocks and gems. Um, it is the Radical Rocks Forum of Education and Information and getting the community together. This hobby, we would like it to be around. We would like it to last. Um, we know it is a worldwide hobby, um, but uh, we are looking to help promote and fund those that are educating. And eventually, if uh, we can build this up big enough, which I really believe we can, we can actually try to get some areas open and keep areas open. How do we do this? Um, I have not asked for any money and I'm not selling anything um, per se to you. Um, but your attention, when you subscribe, when you comment, when you share, when you like the videos, the podcasts, and the blogs, these forms of social media will, if we get enough subscribers, will start to pay us for the attention that we're spending on their formats. And this money can be used to help build this channel, um, build our group, and also some proceeds to go to the education and hopefully eventually preserving some of our areas. So please be a part of that, be a part of our community. So let's get right into it. Um, first article that I have here in front of me is on the jade mining. Now, if you want to look this up, it's the VancouverSun.com, and uh, this was written three days ago. Jade mining, the uh, Bunce family heads into its sixth season. So apparently, the Discovery Channel has a show on jade mining here. Now, I, I don't watch a lot of TV, so I wasn't aware of it, but now that I know this is here, I'm definitely going to be looking for this. So this is their sixth uh, season. And uh, they go into jade mining. It's not an easy thing, the jade mining that they do, but um, it makes them aware of uh, what is going on here and the the uh, jade mining that's being done, the marketing, uh, how this is very popular um, in Canada. And also they are working with the Chinese here. And it just a, sounds like a really interesting show about um, mining for jade. Um, something that any rock hound, I think, would enjoy doing. All right, next in the news, the huge, huge rewards, potential rewards of gold mining in the Arctic. 
Now, this article was written on March the 20th, and it's Canada.ConstructConnect.com, and uh, it was written by Don Wall, but he is talking about some of the mines that are being looked at here in the Arctic. Now, that's 40 below zero, so there are some things to overcome, getting food, having a port, uh, even pouring concrete can be quite difficult in this area, but they have over a half a billion dollars that folks have invested into this um, this business, and they are saying that they're looking at mining some 200,000 ounces of gold over the next 11 years, and that's not all. They're looking at more areas there. They're looking to explore um, and extend this uh, project's life by looking around. They say it's very expensive to mine here, but because the area and the rocks are so rich, um, it makes it worth doing um, and heating up and doing all the things they have to do. They're actually looking at being able to use some uh, geothermal heating on this project and to do things like that um, if if it's available. And they're partnering with a bunch of other firms, and they have um, 45 person for an all-season camp. Uh, they have a, a huge fuel storage and uh, buildings already in place, pads and such. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting proposition to be going and mining in Antarctica. Can you imagine that? Now let's take a look at Iowa's rarest stone. Um, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but this Mapleton meteorite, you know, this is one of the rarest things. To be able to find this in this area is just, it would be an incredible find. They have here at the um, thegazette.com, and this was written on uh, March the 20th, so that's pretty new. They have a beautiful picture of the 108-pound um, meteorite that was found in 1939 by some farmers, and they have it sliced right down the middle, so you can just see the formation of it. And uh, it, it looks very space, space age. Uh, it looks like a space-type rock when, when it's cut with these straight uh, angled patterns all over from the formation of this meteorite. Now, they said that this thing was probably 10 billion tons and traveled at some 45,000 miles per hour, and they feel that that was the largest uh, meteorite that struck that area, you know, millions and millions of years ago. And uh, very few fragments of this have been found. So there was going to be a discussion on this um, at one of the gym shows, the annual uh, show of Cedar Valley's rocks and minerals in the area. Um, and the, sp the speaker was geologist Ray Anderson. But uh, it's been canceled, but uh, pretty interesting bit of history there. All right, let's see. What else do we want to look at? Let's go to Rock and Jim. Um, rockandjim.com uh, this is a great magazine if you're into rock hounding or gyms it's one you definitely want to subscribe to um, they're not sponsoring me or anything to say that it's just uh, happens to be a fact so their thought of the day is you might be a rock hound if minerals and gems rocks fossils and lapidary art always make you happy and peaceful so um, I don't really see a lot of news here. They're mostly just kind of um, touting some of their articles. They've got some articles on uh, corpolites, and um, they've got some nice articles on um, um, a famous 
Gold, which is a two-part series uh, about gold. They've got um, some a good article coming up on Clear Creek Plasma Agate, which is pretty cool. And then they have another article on Noble Serpentine, which is just a beautiful iridescent green, just striking color. Um, and, of course, they have many other articles like that. So I don't really have too much news on here, just kind of touting their magazines this time. Now, on the VUG, um, they have a few uh, new articles on there. And one that caught my eye and seemed worth sharing with you was on the classifications of the stability of the queen conch pearls. So um, I read that article, and that led me to uh, the GIA.education and uh, they put an article out on March the 4th on color classification and stability of the queen conch pearls. And they have a picture of six of these beautiful little pearls here from shades of pink, um, light, light pink to very dark pink to um, an orange. And they do have a little bit of pattering to them somewhat. And um, they're really pretty. And the way they get these colors is they're treating them with different uh, x-rays and lights and uh, things of that sort. And they're getting these pinks and purplish and reddish and orangish. They said that the reddish purple is an extremely rare color. Um, but the GIA is looking at ways of being able to understand the colors, establish a... Uh, conch polar, uh, color pearl terminology chart and um, just look at this and as actually being some sort of a gemstone so pretty interesting article if you want to find out more about that and see some of those pictures there's also a little video there um, we can find out how they do the x-ray radiation on these and um, are able to get them to do these interesting color changes it takes about 15 minutes and then uh, there it is, making a color change. Okay, um, let's go back. I had a couple more articles. We did the one on jade. Here's one that I thought was pretty cool. Um, basalt turns carbon um, into a solid. So this article is from eos.org, and uh, it is dated, if there is a date here, I'm uh, not seeing a date. Yeah, March the 20th is written by Kimberly M.S. Cartier. And um, it says here, the basalts turn carbon into stone for permanent storage. This is really cool. Scientists are showing now that uh, the mineral uh, uh, combination can permanently capture and store carbon quickly enough and safely enough to rise to the challenge of climate change. Now, I know there's a lot of different viewpoints on climate change, and I have my own uh, viewpoints on it, too. So whether you think uh, carbon is uh, a form of, of climate change that is substantial or of concern or not, at least we have found a way here to deal with it and um, either deal with it because it's dangerous or just deal with it to make people feel better and feel like the planet isn't coming to an end. It says here... By mineralizing, we are permanently getting rid of the CO2s. We can walk away from it. The carbon storage experiments tied to geothermal power plants in Iceland, 90% of injected carbon dioxide transferred into minerals in just two years. Standard carbon storage methods can take thousands of years to do the same. So they're saying they can, they can get rid of all the excess carbon in like two years. 
just from this one plant. So, I mean, this is incredible. Um, it's stable. Once it's there, it basically lasts forever. And um, this is something they're doing it with mostly geothermal. So, I mean, problem solved, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm seeing here. It says climate researchers have long recognized that highly reactive basalt rocks could be a solution to the carbon storage problem. In addition to being common around the world, basalt contains high concentrations of calcium magnesium ions that chemically react with CO2 to make calcite, dolomite, and magnesium. Moreover, dissolving the CO2 in water above ground and injecting into the subsurface of bi basalts bypasses the slower and less secure stages of conventional carbon storage. So these geothermal power plants um, are sitting on top of basalt-rich volcanic deposits. So they're just a natural choice for to be able to do that. So pretty cool stuff here, guys. Um, I think it's good news. Uh, hopefully this gets out a little bit more. I certainly haven't heard him talk about it on the mainstream media, but here it is on an educational type of a website. It's eos.org and uh, dated March the 20th called Basalt Turns Carbon into Stone for Permanent Storage. So check that out and see if that's something you're interested in. Let's see if I'm missing anything else. Um, I think, do we talk about the Lost Continent? Um, Gee, what did I do with the Lost Continent article? Well, I'll just tell you what I remember. Um, they are, they've been digging for um, diamonds in Canada. Maybe you've heard about that. Canadian diamonds are becoming quite valuable, quite popular. And they dig in a material called kimberlite. And they always, uh, they take samples of kimberlite all over wherever they can find it. And they drill for it and they look for it and they study it. And they see that this, it was sort of a rocket ship that rocketed up these, uh, this carbon that uh, became diamonds. And they look for what's in it and what it brought up with it. And um, in this case, they found bits of the original core that makes up the earth. And um, I forget what they call it, but it's all over the world. And they are saying that uh, they've located that particles of this in Canada. And uh, it goes all the way to Scotland and, uh, you know, clear around the world, this giant um, source of... Um, of this continent that that they're able to um, to see. Let's see if I can find the article again. I had it up here a minute ago. Um, let's see. Let me check really quickly here. I had it and then it disappeared. Yeah, here it is. I don't know if this is exact article. There's were several articles on the same thing. This is from the uh, independent.co.uk from from the UK, and uh, it's entitled, if I can get it to pull up here, Diamond Encrusted Rock Discover Offer Insight into Ancient Continent which Stretched from Europe to North America. And this was written four days ago by Colin Drury. And um, I just kind of interesting that they're doing this, um, you know, diamond um, sampling, trying to see where they could find these diamonds. It was found at the Baffin Island, um, just off the, uh, they said that the fragments of this North Atlantic craton, this craton was a vast uh, landmass which stretched from Europe, North America, was found on the Baffin Islands. Scientists stumbled across it as they looked through these Kimberlin uh, diamond samples. So kind of interesting, this uh, ancient uh, continent that uh, once stretched uh, across the globe is uh, kind of blended in with uh, the continent and, and of Canada. They found it at depths of to six miles. So 
Guys, that's about it for the news. I just want to, again, encourage you, go to our blog. It's at RadicalRocksUSA.blogspot.com. Again, that's RadicalRocksUSA.blogspot.com. All of our links are there. All of the um, media that we talked about in the beginning, please support us in our endeavor to uh, educate and talk about and be entertained and be hobbied and some people even employed by all things rock, gym, and lapidary. This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify. <laughs>